Good morning, Manchester, and to those of you in surrounding towns, welcome to Hour 2 of Drive at Large. I am your ever-humble host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us online at GerardAtLarge.com, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Also, at Gerard at Large, where we encourage you to like us and to follow us, because we just want to be loved. Josh, keep tweeting and posting to Facebook that we're streaming, not broadcasting. And also advise that uh, we are in. Uh, we are trying to reach the space aliens who have apparently taken away the one member of the uh, station's staff that can actually fix this technical glitch that has us off the air. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, if I appeared a little abrupt with uh, Councillor Boyd, uh, just know this: it was not anything personal. Phone interviews are extremely difficult to do. Uh, because, of course, people can't uh, see your verbal cues. And I don't know how well I know how well I hear people on a phone interview, but I don't know how well they hear me. And, um, you know, it's uh, so you do have to kind of really jump up and down to to get their attention. Uh, and that's all that was. <laughs> so. Uh, and Billy and I are old college buddies. We've known each other for eh, 20 years now, uh, or maybe a little longer. It's 1980. Yeah. 30 years <laughs> since we were freshmen, we've known each other. And, uh, so that goes back a long way anyway. Uh, so obviously, uh, difficult issues right now in the town of Merrimack with the village water district, uh, apparently engaged in super secret plans that they're not telling anybody about to resolve a matter that just about every other community seems to have been able to, uh, resolve, uh, on behalf of their, uh, residents. So, uh, always, uh, difficult issues when these environmental things, uh, come into play and, you know, um, local government is, uh, good. Uh, but sometimes I wonder whether or not things like uh, village water districts, like in Manchester, right? The water works is what's called an enterprise operation. And what that means is, is it's not funded by general fund tax dollars. It's funded by the water service charges. And they are more or less responsible for their own budget. Certain things that they do still have to be approved by the board of mayor and aldermen. And I believe they are subject to the, uh, the to the directives of the Board of Mayor and Aldermen. For example, the Board of Mayor and Aldermen has to approve the labor union contracts that they enter into. The Board of Mayor and Aldermen has to approve the bonding that they do. The Board of Mayor and, so there are there are big items that the Board of Mayor and Aldermen has to weigh in on. But generally speaking, the ma- the day to day management is left to what's called the Board of Water Commissioners. And the Board of Water Commissioners oversee the, the, you know, the development of the policies, the accountability of the staff, the day-to-day operations of the, uh, of the water works. Uh, the Board of Mayor Alderman, for example, uh, has to approve um, nominees to be the, water, uh, the, the director of the department. Uh, you know, so there are big decisions uh, that the Board of Mayor Alderman has to be involved with because, while it's an enterprise operation, it's also considered a city department. Uh, but there is separation on the day-to-day stuff, and I think that's a good thing. And maybe uh, the town of Merrimack wants to take a look at its charter or whatever else it needs to take a look at to maybe provide the town council with the kind of oversight over its water operation that the city of Manchester has over its. 
And, you know, <laughs> Manchester often takes, um, you know, uh, knocks over its government and how it uh, how it conducts itself. But structurally, Manchester's government is set up, in my never-to-be-humble opinion, as your ever-humble host, a whole lot better, frankly, than a number of communities. And, as I have said on multiple occasions, for the fact that uh, politicians in Manchester can sometimes look like squabbling children and uh, focus on things that don't really lead to productive outcomes... Uh, it's really not all that different <laughs> in a lot of the communities uh, surrounding Manchester, if it's different at all. And in fact, in some of these communities, in my never-to-be-humble opinion, as your ever-humble host, it's even worse. Is a lot of these communities are, uh, certainly every community in the area is significantly smaller than Manchester. And not that the issues that it deals with are any, they deal with are any less important than what the city deals with. Although the city deals with a variety of them that simply don't exist in other towns. But a lot of the stuff before the, the politicians in the city of Manchester are of such a gravity. Uh, well, well, Manchester is big enough where even if you're a big fish in this town, say like the mayor, you're not, you're not so disproportionately big that um, having the position, how do I put this? Well, there are certain people in the town who are who are big fish in small small pond, and, and you know what that means, right? You know, they're be all and end all, like Dennis Senabaldi in the Wyndham School Board, uh, like Earl Metzler and a number of his acolytes. Uh, on the Timberlane Regional School Board, acolytes that have either retired because they saw the electoral freight train coming at them or weren't smart enough to get out of the way of it and be- were defeated like Nancy Steenson. You know, Rob Collins on one hand, who saw uh-oh, and Nancy Steenson on the other, who was not smart enough to see uh-oh. And this is this is true in other communities. You know, there aren't, there aren't a whole lot of Jim Sullivans out there in Hooksit, who is both chairman of the uh, town council, and um, a long term, long, uh, long serving member of both the school board and the town council, you know, to know Jim is to know that he is a he is a considerable political figure in the town of Hooksit. But he doesn't act like it. You know what I mean? He does. I, I don't think he's got the time to sit there and plot and scheme to figure out how to do this one in or, you know, how to enhance his own standing. I, I think he's one of those public servants that really takes a look at what's in the best interest of the body that he's serving and the constituents that it was uh, that it was set up to serve. And I think he acts accordingly, and I think that's why he enjoys broad support in in the town of Hooksit. And at times, though, he hasn't. You know, he narrowly lost a reelection bid to the school board when this whole fracas with Manchester uh, started because he, you know, he was adhering to uh, the contract to the to the board's own policies and to state law when he was refusing to vote to allow kids uh, who showed no manifest educational hardship as is required to go to schools other than Manchester schools. I think he lost that reelection bid by eleven votes, and I know from talking to him, he's convinced that the you know all those parents that uh, whose kid he didn't vote to send somewhere else came out and voted against him. <laughs> That's the way it is. So he didn't do what was expedient for his own political career. He did what he thought was the right thing uh, for uh, for the town, which generally speaking is honoring your contracts, following your policies, and abiding by state law. 
And that's why, uh, you know, this Nancy Tessier thing and before it, the uh, uh, Ron Ludwig thing. You know what? Somebody had to ask Joyce Craig, and, and, I, and I'm sorry to say our, you know, our friend Will Stewart. You know, Will Stewart stood here as a candidate and said that he was. Um, oh, isn't that nice? You know, he said he stood here as a candidate and he would, you know, he would not allow, he would not sit silently by as uh, charter violations were had. That he would, that he would honor his role as an elected official enjoined by the charter to see to it that the charter was enforced. And yet he's accepting the support of Ron Ludwig, who he acknowledged violated the charter. What, what's that? So if I drive by Ron Ludwig's house and I see Will Stewart's sign on the front lawn and I see David Scannell's sign on the front lawn and I see um, Joyce Craig's sign on the front lawn and I look at their reports and I see that some of them have accepted money from Ron Ludwig like Joyce Craig has, can I then assume that they're okay with Ron Ludwig's violations of the city charter, his unapologetic violations of the city charter, which he has gone so far in trying to defend that he has actually read one sentence, maybe two out of the charter, completely out of context, as if they were, in fact, the, uh, the governing sections of the charter uh, on the question of conflict of interest when they were absolutely not. You know, somebody walked in here the other day. I'm always looking for sponsors, right? And if you would like to reach our large and loyal listening audience, we'd be happy to help you do it. We'll come out with a win-win situation for you and for me. But I had uh, somebody walk in here yesterday, and I'm not going to mention any names because it's somebody um, that, that I know and that generally I, I respect, but they've, they've, they've moved on to a business that I'm uncomfortable with, and it's reverse mortgages. Now, I spent more than a decade as a mortgage broker, and while I understand that there have been changes to how reverse mortgages go, I'm still not really um, comfortable with them. I don't believe they are the best option for seniors looking to stay in their home, and in fact, I think they're a potentially dangerous one. Um, And that said, you know, I, I basically told them that I wouldn't accept their sponsorship of the show because I was concerned about the service they were offering. Now, that's a hard thing to do when you're in business and you need sponsorship dollars to stay on the air, to pay your bills is to turn away money from an advertiser or potential money from an advertiser because you don't believe that they're in their acting or what they offer is in the best interest of the people that you serve as a radio talk show host. So it was a polite but candid conversation. And until and unless I'm convinced that there have been sufficient changes to how reverse mortgages work. I'm simply not going to take money from somebody for the sake of taking money from somebody 
because I wouldn't want any member of our audience to suffer as a result of what I consider to be the flaws in such an approach and program, not the least of which is they're horrifically expensive. You know, if you have a $200,000 house and there's a 40% threshold, in other words, you can borrow up to 40% of the value of the house. That's $50,000. These things usually cost somewhere in the ballpark. Cost the borrower something like $15,000, which leaves you $35,000 cash. <gasps> I Wow. That's a huge chunk, but I digress. So here we have a situation where... Uh, Jim Gaudette has come forward, again filing a complaint, and everything that is wrong with government or the people who are elected to serve it is on display all over again. And you better believe that I'm taking some heat for continuing to talk about it on the air, disrespecting the board and all that other fun stuff. Oh, well, if you don't like... If you don't want me talking about it, then fix it. And how do you fix it? You fix it by voting to release the investigative findings so that the public at least knows the details beyond what they're allowed to know based on the discussion of those details on September 25th. Anyway... This is a case where a majority of the board of school committee in Manchester has decided that big fish Nancy Tessier should not be held accountable for her actions and are determined to make sure that you, the voters of the Queen City, never know the particulars. This is Gerard at Large. 